<laughs> Stuffing in like potato bake and pavlova. Yeah, pav- pavlova. I think really suits. I think that's a good Australian thing. Yeah, and um, the the Kiwis would um, argue us on that. Hi, I'm Andy, and I'm Roger, and welcome to the middle, where we try to have thoughtful conversations about awkward topics on our search to find the middle. A few moments ago, Buckingham Palace announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. I act as if God exists. Put your masks on. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams, my childhood, with your empty words. Hey, Roger. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Andy. In my household, Christmas is all about the kids. We've we've been having Elf on the Shelf. We have Santa coming cookies, all the kind of things that I didn't get when I was a kid because I grew up in Chinese households. So I'm paying it forward, right? Elf on the Shelf, this is like a relatively new phenomenon. When did this uh, start? We do it too, but it just sort of came out of nowhere. I, I don't know. that It, it seems know. like a pretty American thing to do. I think so. I think it's actually just another, it, it, great, another thing to add to a, a parent's to-do list to keep the magic alive. You know, just every night you have to think of a new and exciting way for these elves to get together. We have three elves, one for each kid. Yeah, so when when the kids are sleeping, they'll come to life and they'll wake up in interesting poses and things like that. Do you have any? Have you had any good ones or any uh, strokes of genius around what the elves did at your house? Not strokes of genius. I don't think um, elf placement quite deserves that degree of accolade. But um, no, we've done. Man, it's fans hard to think and... of. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I want to give it credit. No, we, we've done fans. We've done. Uh, like ceiling fans, that is. Yeah, just just different places. They're a bit creepy though. These uh, these little dolls. I don't know that three of them would. It's a bit like um, Halloween bleeding into to Christmas. Yeah, they, they it's have the to Toy Story. Yeah. It's the Toy Story effect of like coming to life, and it's just really interesting because I I always I like I said I never grew up with the lie right. I never. My parents were always like no. We definitely bought you this present, and you'll be grateful because we <laughs> used our money to buy it. We're not some some fat white guy came through and broke into a house at night. This is like us saving up to give you this present. So it was a really strange feeling for me perpetuating this lie to the kids. But obviously they love it and, you know, they just believe it. And it's a really curious thing to me. It's like, do the kids actually believe it? Or are they just pretending to believe it because yeah, they, they get toys? It's really hard the same to tell. Thing. Yeah, it's a bit. So we were talking earlier today. We we're thinking, uh, oh, shit, we'd better put something together Sunday. It's Christmas, and I guess the topic that we thought might be worth discussing is like the the most controversial Christmas related controversies. And so I guess maybe we, we've sort of inadvertently touched on the first one, which is: is it okay lie. to lie to children? <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you, right? Because, like I said. Uh, I didn't grow up in the in the Asian culture. It's not really a thing to pretend the, to perpetuate the myth of Santa. So, what's your view? Because I'm assuming you did grow up with the whole Santa Claus thing in your household, or is that would that be wrong? Yeah, no, no, I did. It's 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 kind of it's kind of fun. It, do, you it, remember, look, it just, do you remember believing, or do, when yeah, do you remember yeah, when yeah. you found out? No, I, I well both. I remember um, it was always better believing, right? Because it's it, it just expands the bounds of possibilities, right? When you believe it. So if you think, oh, the only thing I'm going to get is what my parents think that I want, and it's only going to be the things I've told them or, you know, 
it's it, it's much less exciting, right? Whereas if it's going to be the things that some random magical stranger from the North Pole thinks that you want, they can buy you things that you didn't even know that you want, right? <laughs> and and God knows what they'll get you. So I don't know, it just it just makes it a bit more magical. Yeah, I think I brought up this example in our religion episode where it's like you know if the kids thought about it too much and they thought about it logically, not the kids are logic-based they'd realize that it was a lie but there's nothing no good can come out of questioning why you receive gifts at random right so i think it's just you just try not to think about it too much and i think it's the same with the elf on the shelves like you know they've got they've got questions and legitimate questions around (laughs) you know can the can the elves actually eat food because sometimes like i put food out like pretending they're eating or you know can they bring other toys to life like what what are the parameters of their magic and um yeah they just keep on believing lies and you just have to keep on getting deeper and deeper into the hole <laughs> it's like no if they choose to bring your other soft toy alive to play with maybe they will i do wonder though is there something more deeper and psychological and scarring for a child once they realize that this whole foundational thing that they believe their whole life isn't true so for example like religion <laughs> well um, it scarred me pretty bad Well, I guess it adds a possibility into the field that maybe they hadn't previously entertained, which is that they might be lied to or their very sort of understanding of the world may not be 100% correct. And in some ways, it's quite a coming of age experience. I know you you said that you never went through it, but I don't know, like just are there any corollaries in sort of the culture that you grew up up in, in terms of mythology or... um, yeah, I guess the closest thing would be superstitions, right? So uh, a lot of the, I wouldn't, I mean, some of the stories around celebrations, for example, mid-autumn and our moon festival has a whole story behind it about, you know, a goddess that lives in the moon and and all these different mythological things. My question to you, when did you realize that Santa was not real? I think I was seven, but I had an older brother, so. Oh, that ruined everything for you. Yeah, and um, I, no, actually, I think it was my mum. Your mum did it. I think my mum ruined it oh, for me. Man. Yeah, I, I, I remember, and I think what's worse is is that like I think she, I think she told me because she assumed that my brother would have told me. Oh no! And and then and she's like, oh, so you know, he's not real, right? He's like, what do you mean he's not real? He's <laughs> like, and then and then and then I had this like these moments of like come to like realization. What about the Easter Bunny? Oh no! You thought the Easter Bunny was real too. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. It was like my whole life coming crashing down and burning. You know what's the creepiest though? Right in, in that kind of, of family of make believe things for kids, it's the Tooth Fairy. Think about it. Like if you step back yeah. and think about this mythical creature that is wanting to collect children's teeth, that's freaky. So, I mean, I guess the tooth fairy really is just that sweetener to convince a kid that it's okay to pull their teeth out, right? It's that, like, just do it, yank it out because you'll get some you'll get some money. But I don't know, kids these days don't seem to be particularly um, impressed by, like, the loose change that the tooth fairy carries around nowadays. Get some, um, Vimo them some money or something. Yeah, they, they want online currency or Bitcoin crypto, or something. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Let's not talk about crypto. Um, <laughs> I heard a version of the tooth fairy, like in the more mythological sense, that they're actually this monster that feed off the calcium of children's teeth and bones and that, that, and that they're being fed these teeth to kind of stave off the fact that they will eat the children otherwise. So I think it, <laughs> like if you look at fairy tales and things like that, you know, and like the grim fairy tales and things, they're actually usually very scary for kids and they have like a lot of dark elements and lessons built into them about kids misbehaving or 
stepping out of bounds or challenging adults. And then over the time, yeah. it's like sanitized, right? Like a lot of like Hansel and Gretel and all these kind of things. They're very kind of scary and very brutal in a lot of ways. They probably have a lot of um, life lessons. Have you heard of Krampus? No. So Krampus is like, again, going back to like the original Germanic kind of side of Christmas. I need to like school up on my Germanic <laughs> mythology, I think. But basically, and they still have it in some summer countries and in that side of the world in Europe where he's this kind of monster that disciplines kids. And um, in fact, in some regions, there's like a night before Christmas or one day that they designate to go dress up like Krampus and terrorize kids. Basically, he holds them in a sack and like whips them with chains and things. All right. Next Christmas controversy. Okay. Is Christmas as a religious Christian holiday under attack? I thought you were going to be sentimental there for a sec, but now you've got all um, all Fox News on me. Um, <laughs> we'll do a live. So obviously, look, well, it, it obviously, obviously, it is a Christian holiday. I mean, oh, how obvious is it? Christmas, though? right? It's a pagan. It's actually the winter solace and a pagan. One. Yeah, but 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 Christmas, Christ Mass, isn't that like? Yes, but reappropriated from a pagan holiday no no but 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 it is called christ like christ is in the name of the thing right so sure there might be some other duplicative parallel thing going on and the way we celebrate it in a 2022 sense might be sort of a mixture of lots of different things that have accumulated cultural traditions over many many millennia but it is actually a christian holiday right so or a christian i don't know if holiday is right the right word it's a christian day of remembrance or of uh, acknowledgement of a key part of what they believe, which, you know, the baby Jesus was born on that day. Um, I was about to say that was when Jesus died on the cross, but that, that that's not Christmas, is it? So, yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, is it under attack, though? I think that's a bit far-fetched. I think, if anything, like, shouldn't most Christians today be looking at Christmas and going, here's like our gateway drug. Like, we can pretend to people that like every day is like Christmas if you come to church. That's true you know, attract more bees with honey. But yeah, like all, all I mean was the origins of Christmas definitely stem from, you know, pagan and Roman cultures. So, and then of course there's the part around not actually but, but, saying but, Christmas. No, but hang on, hang on. Take a couple of steps back. When you say stems from like, it isn't Christmas like the day that Jesus was born? Like, isn't that the thing? So how does it come from other traditions? The, the way that they, the rituals and the way that they celebrate, and Jesus wasn't born yeah, yeah. So on like the, the Christmas 25th. tree and Santa Claus are all probably, no doubt, very modern confections. But the actual, like, if you go to a, a Christian church on Christmas Day, they're not celebrating Santa Claus. They're celebrating Jesus being born, right? Yeah, but Jesus wasn't actually born at that time of year or they're just picking a day. Oh, to, yeah, like, but they didn't that. even have, yeah, but they didn't even have like 12 months in the year back then, right? They had, so the, the, the calendar was completely fucked, right? And then you have orthodox christmas day. yeah but that's what i you mean know, so they picked a day that already had a pagan and roman ritual on it where they celebrated to kind of again going back to our religion episode to assimilate those religions and those cultures yeah so the modern thing and the modern rationale behind like there's so many different cultural influences and forces but i guess what i would probably defend for on behalf of the christian community is that christmas as a day is about celebrating Christ, f celebrating his birth, all of the things that are alleged to have happened in, in the New Testament in terms of when he was born and all that sort of stuff, right? This was this is what 
Christmas means to to that community and why we celebrate it on that day and all the other rituals that go on are, are sort of maybe less important to that community, but that like at the end of the day, they're celebrating the very Christian part of it. Yeah. Okay. A bit of a sidestep into really what I was asking this question about, the controversy of when I say Christmas being under attack, you tend to see this big deal and this conversation replay over and over about you can't say Christmas, it has to be Xmas. See, I've never heard this. I've never heard like you can't say Christmas, you have to say Xmas. What I've heard is the whole like, and again, I think this is a very American tradition is instead of saying like happy Christmas, people say happy holidays or something very, or seasons greetings or something like that. But even yeah. then, I think that is actually in response to the fact that you have not only Thanksgiving at that time of year, but you also have Hanukkah as well around that time. So there's a lot of things going on at that time of year, such that initially it wasn't a woke thing. It wasn't a, oh, we can't possibly offend anyone. So we're going to use this very generic language. I think it was genuinely just people choosing to to say seasons greetings or happy holidays because they wanted to be as um, you know well wishing of say Jewish people or even their family during Thanksgiving as as they would you know Christian people during Christmas. Yeah, that might be. I mean, that, that's the argument, and and my view is that um, most people don't seem to care <laughs> about this, but I do hear it come up every now and then that oh, we're taking the religion out of Christmas. It's um, being overrun by the corporations and there's a kind of PC police that are trying to make sure you don't have, say, the word Christ in Christmas. And that's why things like Xmas, Season Greetings, Merry Holiday, you know, all these other versions of that tend to appear. I think the other thing that's happening increasingly, like there's two schools of thought. One is to say, oh, well, people are of different religious views now, so we should just like take all religious language and out of society out of the workplace out of whatever and thankfully i don't think that's the direction that we've gone i think we actually have gone down a different pathway which are to be inclusive don't just take out all of the things that make us who we are but instead recognize the different things that make up you know what different people um are so for example Eid and Vali and uh all the you know all of these other things that different people celebrate and then we can also celebrate Christmas and you know let's be honest like most people in Australia at least who celebrate Christmas aren't even Christian they're, they're just it's just the thing that they're doing to have some time with family so you know be inclusive by being broad and open rather than shutting down the things that make us who we are all right let's let's move to the next one what do you got for me? All right. The perfect Christmas present, a wad of cash or a thought out drawing from your five-year-old? Well, you know, something actually happened to me. My daughter is very enterprising. She's very, very crafty. And she's just in the last year learned the value of money. You know, kids don't really understand what money is and you just get them things. She's now understood that if she acquires money, she can buy her own things. And she's a art machine. She produces a lot of craft and art. And she came back from school the other day this week and said, oh, daddy, I've made some art and I'm selling it. And, you know, I'd like you to buy some, you know, if, <laughs> if you can afford it. And if you can't, you can save up for it. Because I've used that same line on her. <laughs> so she, um, she had pieces ranging from $6 all the way up to $80. So she had them priced at all different different things. And um, she placed me at the $11 price point, of which we had to have some uh, bargaining. I was like, oh, it's a bit expensive. And we had to have a bargaining situation. She's like, well, it's not that expensive if you save up. You just need to you know, 
combine your money over a number of weeks. So I've obviously taught it very well. So I guess um, more acutely, Christmas is probably the most consumerist time of year, right? Yeah. In 2022, it's, it's really the only day of the year when you can't get a car park at the shopping center. You know, people are just buying shit, whatever they can see. Like, have you ever been to Costco <laughs> during Christmas? No, no. That- I've never been to, actually, I think the only times I've been to Costco in my life, like... Out of the three times I've been, two of them have been with you, I think. Oh, so it's just hell on earth. I don't recommend it. Christmas shopping is very stressful. Yeah. It's, it can be, right? You always think you're going to do it online, but you never do. It's. I did mine online this year. I, was, I, th- I thought I'll do the Black Friday stuff, which was sort of good. But yeah, I'm trying to avoid the shops this year. But it's just like, is this what Christmas is all like come down to? Just things, right? Stuff. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me answer that question properly because I went on a mad segue. I come from Asian culture where red packets are given with wads of cash in them in many celebrations. So it's not like a big gift-giving culture in that way, um, at least my my experience with it. But I do think that something thoughtful is always better because it shows the care that you've put in and it shows that you're in touch with your the recipient's kind of wants and needs and what they're excited about. So I actually think that even if you get it slightly wrong, it is better to at least attempt for your close loved ones to give them a gift rather than a wad of cash. So apart from the notion of getting them a wad of cash, I guess one of the things that does get a little bit old very quickly is having to think of those unique presents for like a very long list of people, right? So like- Do you have a very long list of people though? Oh, it, I feel like it gets shorter over time. Well, it's long, it's long enough. So what? look, this is my approach, right? Like direct family within the, you know, under the roof. That's like, you've got to look out for that cohort yeah. where you've got to think a little bit, you know, whatever. But then once you get to like extended family, I sort of feel like that's when you can go for the, like the cookie cutter gift approach. So everybody gets exactly the same bottle of wine or- <laughs> Or whatever, because like, let's face it, right? We're we're not we don't have that much time, right, in our day to day lives anymore. Like my my sense of like the fifties is like the housewife would spend all year planning, you know, what to buy everyone for Christmas, and would would buy yeah. the the gift like in in April when that thing goes on sale and keep it or put on lay by or whatever. Who the fuck has time for that anymore? No, I know. You know, I I guess it's like where do you draw the line where that. The, the thoughtlessness of your present becomes better as a voucher of some sort. Yeah, well, right? I, I actually think like if you're going to go down that pathway, it has to be because the actual person wants that. So what's your view on um, secret, you know, bad Santa, hot or not? Oh, I like that. that well, I, I don't like being compelled. I actually don't have any that I'm at the moment bound to, but I like the idea of it, right? Where it's um, where it makes it's, it simple, right? Everyone just comes to the party with one. It's the potluck of uh, Christmas presents. Yeah, and what's the one where you get to steal? Yeah, that's bad Santa. Yeah, that's good. Makes it more fun, more <laughs> more memorable. I have a I have a story of um of some relatives, and they they did the bad Santa thing, but they had vastly different presents. You know, we're talking. There's like a really. It's almost like that Office episode where there's like an iPod. I was going to say, all the you're not confusing like... <laughs> the Office with real life, are you? No, but it, it happens. And, and um, in this case, the, it caused a bit of an issue as well, like a real issue between the the, the, um, the relatives. So you um, you stole the iPod for yourself. No, I wasn't involved. I wasn't involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the other thing too, maybe on this point is, you know, you talked before around investing the time to get something that you know that your loved one will like or whatever. 
Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think we can overplay the need to have some sort of display of love for them through this thing. It's a bit like Valentine's Day. Like, I find that to be particularly egregious. It's sort of like, here's this one day of the year that if you don't spend three times the price you would normally pay for flowers then you're a bad husband and it's kind of forced yeah. and thrust upon you from like the corporate giants that decided this Hold is the mark. thing that we, we're going to get behind and Christmas feels very much the same like in terms of like buying presents and buying things that you think that the person will like I, I'm more of a fan of giving someone the gift of a passion of yours or something that you think they would like that they maybe haven't even thought of. So like an example would be your elderly relative, like get them exactly. like a Chromecast, right? Where you can- Oh yeah, that's good. Where one. they don't even know what a Chromecast is, right? But yeah. they, they kind of like in their mind, the the TV is, is you know, it's, they're still like watching free to air. Like they don't even- Yeah, no smart realize TVs. You can press pause or Netflix, what the, what's that? That's a great idea. I'm going to send a vape to my auntie now, bring her into the 21st century. <laughs> All right, next controversy. Um, no, can I can just I'll just tell you last story on that on that thing, right? Because I think that question is lending towards this kind of consumerism and it's like actually quite a, a big topic. But let me tell you a story that I've that I have about my mother actually and about how different the situation is in terms of toys. This is a story that's stayed with me really and it had a real impact on me. My mom came from a poor village in Malaysia and she was one of 12, 13, if you count adoption, kids to the same mother. So huge family, very poor. And she didn't have any toys, right? The toys that they had to like make their toys. She really wanted this doll when she was a kid and she had to save up. And the doll was worth like nothing, but she had to save up, not eat her lunch and scrimp and save. And then she eventually bought this little doll and it came in like a little cradle to play with. It was so precious to her that she could hardly like bring herself to play with it. And she like kept it up in the attic and like would bring it down to look at it. And then they had this disturbance between the Malay citizens and the Chinese citizens. There's something called the May Disturbance, and you can look it up, where they had all these riots. In there, and it started in their village. And their house pretty much got ransacked and burnt down. And so she, she lost that one toy. And it's such a heartbreaking account of how frugal their life was over there. And, when we, and she literally can't remember ever having another toy when she was a kid. And it also explains a lot of how precious she is with things. You know, she always takes such good care of her things. So whenever I hear that story, it's a lesson in a couple of things. One, how hard it was back then and how lucky we are to have what we have. Also this thing that sometimes you care about toys and, and, and possessions so much that they end up, like the things you own end up owning you, that whole Tyler Durden thing, um, and you don't enjoy them until it's too late. And then lastly, it's like, look at our kids, right? Our kids have so much stuff, like tripping over toys i had a moment the other day where i was like carrying my kids cuddlies out and literally i couldn't carry them all there were just like so many toys that they have they've you know forgotten about more toys than they actually like i ever had growing up do you think it's gotten too far absolutely i actually really hate stuff you know yeah, you're quite thing. a minimalist kind of guy well yeah but i think that's more because of like the world i'm fighting against because <laughs> like I I call um like I'll say ah oh, we've got too much junk in this house or whatever and I'll get in trouble for for calling like valued possessions like junk. You um, shouldn't refer to your mother-in-law like that. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my experiences was getting up and traveling as a in my 20s and living overseas and the liberation or the feeling of 
just having your suitcase and living out of your suitcase and coming to a realization that you actually don't really need anything like that suitcase is all you need and it's got everything that you could ever need you only need one suit your birthday suit <laughs> yeah i think we're bogged down by our possessions like yeah and anyway but like i think in the context of kids like and toys like i think it's just that cheap it's the cheap stuff that you get from you know you go to kmart right how many bloody five dollar Things that like I went into Kmart, like this is like three, four years ago too. And for like 20 bucks, it from Kmart bought this drone, yeah. like a full proper drone with all the bells and whistles that like in my. <laughs> like it's crazy. I- you, you just can't think about it too much to understand how toys can be made that cheap because it leads you down a very dark road <laughs> around mm. the labor involved. But I had the same experience where my daughter had uh, like, she had like three or four dollars in coins. She's like, I really want to go to the shops. I want to buy something. It's my money. Can I do it? I'm like, what are you going to buy for, you know, three, four dollars? You might as well save up and get something you actually want. Next thing we go into Kmart and there's literally a hundred choices of things you can buy for four dollars. And they're all like substantial toys, like little soft toys or little pens and just everything, you know, it's crazy. My son, he um he's you were talking about the money thing. He, he you know, say so his birthday month or so ago, and he's like, he's got, you know, been given cash, right, from grandparents and stuff. And, and he's like, saving up. He's like, oh, well, okay, good, saving up. Okay, you can buy something good with it. And he's like, what are you going to buy? He's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll think, you know, I'll, when I think of something, I'll buy it. And then he, he wants this thing that costs around 400 bucks, right? So it's actually wow. a pretty expensive sort of thing. And then I said to him, oh, okay, well, you can put that money towards that thing that costs 400 bucks that you want. No, no, I'm not going to use my money for that. <laughs> oh, what a little shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyways. All right. All right. Almost. Next Christmas controversy, Christmas movies, Die Hard or Home Alone? Oh, definitely Die Hard. I actually don't think I've watched Home Alone much. Um, so maybe I'm the wrong person to talk to. But I always found Macaulay Culkin like really cringy, even as a kid. So Die Hard's the way to go. And I like that. I like the kind of juxtaposition of you know it's not a Christmassy in any way but it's become a Christmas ritual uh in, in terms of the the culture so I like I that. guess the irony with both of those movies is that there's nothing sort of directly Christmassy about them but Christmas features isn't it's Home Alone in, in, the, like it's in the snow and it's through Christmas time that they go away I think yeah yeah well they, they go they go away during Christmas time so it is in the context of Christmas but you could make that movie any time of the year and it wouldn't it, it would be an inconsequential right like for yeah. both movies, it doesn't like the setting doesn't matter. Whereas my actual favorite Christmas movie, which is neither of those, is Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation, uh, and that is like that yeah. is absolutely about Christmas, right? I actually think that Bad Santa is a bit of a masterpiece. <laughs> I'd ha- I'll have to I'll have to check that one out again. I haven't. Uh... Yeah, you you'll love it. Do you think that Christmas in Australia feels less Christmassy because it's not the stereotypical white Christmas for those listening? overseas it is hot as balls in australia on christmas day i was thinking about this earlier today and i was thinking christmas has for me has its own rituals and things that i associate it with so summertime barbecues being out shorts t-shirts like that that's all that's all connected to christmas for me and you know obviously that's a different experience to the the kind of the stylized version of christmas that you get in other countries but i mean often it's just cold like it's not there's nothing particularly exciting about it it's just cold yeah there's this a white christmas and all of that but but 
very few places in yeah. the, on the planet have a white Christmas, right? You have to go to some very particular places to have that experience. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, like I said, there's no yellow Santa. It's always a white Santa. So. <laughs> I have the same thing. And obviously, we've, we've grown up in Australia, so it's been part of, like, it's, it's been all we, we know. We associate, you know, barbecues and almost like a summer holiday, right, which it is. But um, a lot of the traditions of Christmas, right, like, so even the, even the food, right, like, you meant to have roast meats and things like that. And we still do that in Australia even though it's stinking hot. It makes no sense at all to put that amount of effort in terms of food prep and the roasts and all this kind of stuff on a 40-degree heat in Australia, trying to cook a roast turkey and all this kind of other business. It has no place. Like the cuisine's all wrong, and that's because we've inherited it from a very European-style Christmas where the weather is much colder. Yeah, I get that, but that doesn't have to be it turkey like why does it have to be a turkey well australian i suppose is more like prawns and seafood that are cold i suppose that, yeah i i think that's the, to be honest is, the thing yeah. that i most look forward to on christmas day is um stuffing mix you know oh really yeah that's the that's thing so funny we don't have stuffing at all oh god no nah, that's terrible shame on you heathens <laughs> now nah, the stuffing and like potato bake and pavlova yeah Pav- pavlova i think really suits i think that's a good australian thing yeah and um, the, the Kiwis would um, argue us on that. What is the perfect Christmas Eve and Christmas Day for you? If you could control all the variables, you know, within reason, I'm not talking about like going on Jeff Bezos's yacht or anything. Okay, Christmas Eve is all about the, the slow enjoying the neighborhood, right? It's, the, it's especially if it's a nice hot balmy night, Christmas lights on out front and just that kind of maybe some... Not not heaps of drinks, but just like a just enough to kind of keep you festive, and um, maybe sit sit on your front porch, soak up the vibe. Kids sort of mucking around, whatever music, Christmas carols, not carols, but you know Christmas songs. Just that general, just get into the vibe for that one day a year. Yeah, and uh, yeah. How about you? What would you? What, what what about Christmas Eve? What's your perfect Christmas Eve? I think my perfect Christmas Eve does very much revolve around the kids and the excitement and the wonder. So I think doing the the cookies and leaving that out, I think that's like a really strong ritual. I think, yeah, having some really nice alcohols or some nice red wine. We have a tradition where I've bought a, a bunch of the same wine and we drink one every year. As So we're kind of like ages as we age kind of thing. Clumsy metaphor, I know. But um, so just, uh, yeah, pretty similar, I guess. And um, Christmas Day? It's always a challenge. For me, the perfect balance is this dynamic where things slow down. And it's really, really hard to achieve, I think, on holidays and all this stuff. It's like, how do you find time in between things rather than either rushing around or just really trying to handle, get on top of the catering? And that's why I mentioned that whole business about how stressful it is hosting a lunch because you've got to... The reality is if you're doing that, you're cooking the night before. There's a huge shop. You've got things coming in from the butcher. The morning of, you're pulling together salads. You're trying to get everything prepped so the day runs smooth. And you miss out on that, you know, the space between things where you're just sitting on the couch or you're just watching your kids. So for me, the perfect element would be having that time slow down so you actually feel like you're not rushing and you could just watch them enjoy their presence. You could just sit on the couch and talk to them and then you could, you know, handle your day. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a nice segue into the next Christmas controversy, which is uh, 
is it even worth it? Is Christmas worth it? Is it too much trouble? Because when you think about pretty much the whole of December, you're buying presents, working out what to buy, wrapping yeah. them, uh, buying food, you're a couple of grand lighter probably. It's You're tired. Christmas lights. <laughs> like it's a lot of work and it's not for you as the adult, right? So there might be some parts of it that you can take joy in, like you can vicariously live through your kids and, and kind of see them happy. So it kind of makes you happy a little bit, but- It's working thus far for me. It is pretty brutal, right? Yeah. Christmas overall. I think there's a lot of pressure because I think um, when kids are involved is that trying to get it perfect. And I think Christmas is one of those times where you, because it's so universal in our society, that it's a kind of keeping up with the Jones moment. It's like, do you have things, your life together enough that you can afford to, you know, buy the bike, the big present for the kids and and they all have a comparable experience do you have enough organization and money in the bank and resources to get lunch organized, you know, like nice, uh, nice food and all this kind of stuff? It's a, a litmus test of am I making it? Am I keeping up with the Jones? And I think that's where the pressure comes in. So my take on this is it all depends on who you see yourself as, right? If you see yourself as someone whose worth comes from your ability to string this together, because that's the thing that that you have defined yourself as, then maybe there would be pressure. But I kind of go into it with a bit of a anti-establishment sort of attitude, like, like no, no, I'm not playing your game. I'm not going to come at this with like, like I'm not over-engineering any aspect of this. If you want to over-engineer your stuff, that's fine. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna do my bit, which is going to be simple. And there's a limit, though. Right? Yeah, you I can't don't... rock up to to lunch. And, um, you know, in place of a, a roast turkey, there's like a Coles barbecue chicken. Fuck, of course you can. Why can't you? <laughs> no, seriously. Like, why can't you? Like, I'm dead, deadly serious. Like, if, if it's all how you do it, right? If you, if you're. I'll tie a ribbon around the legs or something. I mean, what you're painting to me is like what makes like Chevy Chase in uh, National Lampoon so hilarious because he takes it so seriously and he wants to deliver that perfect um, yeah. Christmas experience. But to your point before, like you can't just soak it up and just in, in, take it in. So for me, the way for everyone to just soak it up, take it in is those little hacks you can take. Now, whether you whether you you hack it by getting the Coles charcoal chicken, that that's a different question. But what if they have like a pre-cooked turkey roast or something and it looks okay? Like who cares? Yeah. So what? Like does it matter? No, that's true. And I, and I think that I'm a big fan of, you know, not – going too crazy because like you just like you said you just don't enjoy it but i think there is pressure for a lot of people and uh, i agree with you that there shouldn't be but there is yeah well but again i think that you put the pressure on yourself right if that's if that's the case right so if you if you're quite happy just to chill out and what will be what will be then yeah you can have a much better experience what's the best gift you've ever gotten for someone yeah, I can't even remember the, the gifts that I've received last year. Let alone, let alone the gifts. All the gifts. That, doesn't that say something about Christmas? Christmas. <laughs> what a waste of time it is. Can, like, can you seriously you remember just, what you what you got for the last couple of Christmases? Oh, well, I probably bought it for myself. That's why. Um, <laughs> is if I answer that question and I say the best gift that I've, that I've given, does it count if I include a present that I've given to myself? Yeah, yeah, just give it to me. <laughs> well, Bluetooth headphones. That changed my life. 
I thought they were giving you a bald spot in your head. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting worried about us wearing these. Well, I told you it's changed my long. life. I didn't... <laughs> Advanced hair. Um, well, I mean, I remember when you first got them. Actually, like the proper sound cancelling one, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think um, it changed yeah. my life in a few ways because um, I started listening to. Well, for starters, it was like just incredible to be able to listen to music or podcasts or. Well, I didn't. I didn't actually listen to podcasts or audiobooks at that time, but kind yeah, of. I remember it was the gateway it. into all of those things. And uh, yeah, I was a very early adopter of AirPods. I remember having like a shitty old iPhone, but I got the brand new AirPods at the time because I just saw the potential. Even though they looked dorky and like weird earrings, and people made fun of you back then, I was just like, it's just amazing to be wireless and to actually have this sense of freedom. Okay, so we covered materialism, um, kids, the present. So does your boy still believe in Santa? I think so. What's, what does he think when he sees the Santas at the mirror? Like, does he think they're just like performance? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, I don't think I've seen one. This has been, yeah, since COVID and stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. <laughs>